Oh, hi, everybody. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, let's start October. Yep. Start October off right. How do you start it right, John? By getting yourself a woman who looks like a barrel, who wore swimming trucks. <laughs> We're talking about the fabulous Mula, who looked like, she looks like everyone's mom's, like, weird older friend who smokes inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one can smoke inside except for Cheryl. Yeah. She's been through a lot, everyone. She's been through... I... That's why she's ashing in the casserole. Oh, okay. Fabulous Moolah. She wrestled in over 40... She wrestled in five decades. In over 40 decades. I almost going to say 40 decades. She wrestled in five decades. She's an absolutely amazing wrestler, I no, guess. No, she's not. She's a terrible... Re- she seemed to learn nothing. Even when, like, her prime, she looked, she was terrible. Would you say she's the Triple H of women's wrestling? Hot take. I would, My hands. I would, Ow. I'd say she's the fucking Linda McMahon of women's, res- women's wrestling. Whoa. Why? Can't take a bump. Everything is a botch drop. Her dropkick looks so weird. All she basically was was a woman. <laughs> well, that's the, it's the, as we carry on throughout this, we're going to start the... Uh, patented wrestler review chronological breakdown. We're the only people that just run down A and E biography and us. Yeah, well, let's start, John. I know you're all thinking. You're thinking, hey, I want an A and E style biography of wrestlers with a lot of cum jokes. Well, you <laughs> came to the right place. Was the floor sticky? Because your mom came there. <laughs> yeah, we fucked your mom. Both of us did, and yeah. they're cum statements. I don't make jokes. I make statements. <laughs> I have a lot of cum to share. All right. Fabulous Mula began her wrestling career under the tutelage of a man named Billy Wolf, who I guarantee smoked cigars and said words like slit and ha ha ha. Tastes better when it's dipped in your pussy. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how we're going to sort out our funds. You're going to fuck my wife. Um, <laughs> him and his wife, Mildred, were women's wrestling promoters. Mildred Burke. Oh, God. Well, I- she was the she was the queen bee. Don't act like she wasn't none of these three. It's the Queen Bee, Mildred Burke. She was the Queen Bee of women's wrestling at the time. Uh, so b- basically, was women's wrestling not unlike women's baseball, where it got big uh, during the war? I'm going to assume that it did. I cause That could be the only excuse for a wrestler being named. A patented wrestler review assumption. Yeah. It, it could be the only explanation for someone named Dot Dotson being involved. <laughs> All right, so Wolf was basically notorious for basically telling his wrestlers to fuck uh, promoters to get jobs because just because it's women's wrestling and uh, what was the what's the documentary they have? Uh, and Dynamite. Lipstick and Dynamite. Uh, just because that makes it seem the like l- it was a it was a big feminist uh, revolution <laughs> in the forties and fifties doesn't mean that it at all was. Did uh, you watch the Conan O'Brien interview of Mae Young and Fabulous Moolah promoting Lipstick and Dynamite? <laughs> no. It's basically Fabulous Moolah being like, "Hello, we're Regal Elder Statement of female wrestling," and Mae Young being like, "I want to fuck that redhead." <laughs> <laughs> well, because Mae Young stays in character. God damn it, Mae Young. That's not Mae. Young. Mae Young is clearly not a character. Mae Young is an old crotchety woman from the South who fucks. And she wants she wants her, her face covered in dicks. Her giving the suck it motion is by and far the funniest and most tragic thing ever. Where she just. Because there was a brief time, for everyone knows the DX crotch chop. Now, before they did it in the, the X motion, 
across their dick for a weird a long time they would do just a straight v over the crotch yeah the uh the old kevin nash styles yeah kevin nash styles they taught that to fabulous moolah and she would just hit the bottom of her thighs just <laughs> oh, yeah, ah, she- ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> i wish she would have just patted her pussy like oh, right here baby yeah right that's where here. they got ryback's gimmick for feed me more it's what may young was screaming in her head Ooh, chavo all right let's get back a bit uh May Young was, uh, or May Young, May Young. Fabulous Moolah was born in Kershaw County, South Carolina. Her no. mom died of cancer when she was eight. That's her, bad. Her dad died of shame when Gemini, she was 22. There you go. That's a funny joke based on that. Hello. <laughs> she was, uh, all right. So here's a, here's the best thing about uh, Fabulous Moolah to me. I mean, we might be peaking early here. She was uh, married to a 21-year-old at 14 because, goddamn, some things never die in small Welcome towns. Welcome to the South. You Welcome wa- to fucking... Yeah, small towns, small towns. How old are yeah. you? I'm 21. I work at the mobile station. <laughs> How old are you? Well, my pussy's just got some hair on it. Well, according to the eight-old adage, if there's grass on the Eight-old adage. Play uh, ball. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well, didn't you have... Did you have guys... Your well, you're from Ottawa proper, so you. But we definitely had guys who were like 20 and dated 13 year olds. I can clearly remember. I almost said her name. This girl. Let's call her Sheila, which is very close to her actual Cops. name. Um, she broke up with one dude that she'd been dating for years. They were the same age, and then she dated an 18 year old for like two years. No, 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 no. So that would mean he was 20. Have a pickup truck and a mustache. Honda Civic, mate, because it was fucking Ottawa, and everyone had a Honda Civic. Because here's the thing: is Ottawa pretends it's a city. It's a small town. Yeah. It's a fucking small, creepy town, and yeah, there was another fat girl whose name I cannot remember. I think it was Lindsay. Fat. And the reason why is that she had a boyfriend, now the father of her child, who. Holy fuck, that child has to be 10 now. <laughs> Probably 13. And that he, child gets boners now. He was a 5 foot 1 wispy mustached man yeah. who got yeah, wispy mustache. Who got banned from school grounds because of uh lewd behavior. <laughs> what was the lewd behavior? Uh I don't remember what was rumor and what was actual fact. I do remember my friend Bob said that he jacked off on the trophy case, but I don't know <laughs> that's true. Uh Oh, goddamn. Uh, I love when people just jack off places. <laughs> I remember I saw a nerd lady named Helen and her boyfriend, John. They were putting together a, a display in the one of the glass cases in the main hallway. And I walked by and they were making out. And then I walked by again and there's just a bunch of pieces of paper that were like being ruffled from behind in the glass. And I was like, I think they're fucking. I think they're fucking. People fucked in your high school? Oh, my God. So many people had sex in my high school. My friend Bob also used to pee in the hallways all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. What's more disgusting than that, I would say, is having a daughter at 15 and then just be like, peace, I got shit to do, Yeah, which is what the fabulous Moolah did. Yes, because she's fabulous. She needed to portray slave girl Moolah all over the world slave girl moolah because that's the interesting thing about fabulous moolah is you would think like coming into this i thought her career trajectory was more of a alundra blaze but instead it's more of like a trish stratus where mostly throughout the she wrestles a bit during the 40s and 50s but mostly she's a valet who (laughs) after a while the guys are like we gotta fuck if we're gonna if you're gonna be my valet we are going to fuck what propelled her into the ring in particular was that Buddy Rogers, and I Googled this a bunch, was just openly trying to fuck her. And she just got so sick of it. She's like, I'm a wrestler now. I don't want to be around these gross boys. 
But that's pretty sick. Which also, by the way, proves that Ric Flair is literally imitating everything that Buddy Rogers has ever done. Because I know one thing about Ric uh, Flair. You put him in a room with any woman and, woo, taking off his robe. Are you sure? Yeah. He takes off his robe. Ric Flair has a big thing where he'll get on an airplane with his robe in his bag. He'll go oh, into the no. bathroom, put on his robe with nothing else underneath, and just expose himself and then strut down the aisles. <laughs> I mean, would you be pissed? Yeah. That's the nature boy's dick. Um, there's a Kevin Nash story on the internet where uh, basically Kevin Nash goes like down to like the Caribbean all the time. And he goes every single island. If you go, hey, has Ric Flair ever been there? They're like, Yep. And he goes, my favorite one is that there were a bunch of balloons in the hall in the uh, in the um, in the lobby, and Ric Flair tied the string to his dick, and then just came out of the elevator, opened the robe, the balloons lifted his dick up as if it was aroused, and he just went woo, and then strutted. Back <laughs> <into> the <elevator. laughs> that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> he's just he's a sex criminal that's just charming enough never to have gone to jail for a long time. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you basically portray a sex criminal on TV and people are like, oh, it's that character. No, it's the man. Yeah. But people used to... When used Roddy to be- Piper is like, during Celebrity Wife Swap, when he finds out it's Ric Flair, he's like, oh, fuck. Really? If You ever watch the Celebrity Wife Swap? It's basically like Roddy Piper lives in like a mountain in Oregon. It's a bit isolated, but it's just like a normal man recovered from his crazy life. Yeah. Ric Flair's like with the girl who portrayed Fifi who married for money and Ric Flair just lives off of her. Yeah. And when that wife gets out of the car at, Rick, at Roddy Piper's house, he has a look that you know is genuine, like, son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> now my wife, well, my wife's going to deal with Rick's dick. And, and Ric Flair literally has a beer in his hand every shot. Like, every shot. Just <laughs> around, and the, you could see the label was peeled off by a PA, and they're like, I'll give that to me. Woo! <laughs> that was the thing, though. Ric Flair's from a time, and Moolah is from this time, too, where it's like, how hard Buddy Rogers must have been trying to fuck her for it to be, like, actually mentioned? Yeah. Like, the thing is, is that when we say probably trying to fuck her, it means, like, she wakes up and there's just a naked man smoking a cigar. Ha-ha! Like, I assume it actually means, like, at points he was just rubbing his dick on her yeah, back. like, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, um so the, but the other one of the other uh val- people she valued for I was the, the elephant boy by sorry the way, i got the order completely wrong she was buddy rogers first yeah and then she went to the elephant boy because apparently the elephant boy wouldn't fuck her or didn't want to <laughs> no i'm good <laughs> but he was uh yeah so basically she got a lot of heat for kissing a what seemed to be black man uh during the 50s and one time our guy tried to stab her which in is oklahoma that. city Woo. I'm a smoky for Moki. <laughs> you choky. Oh, fuck. What, America, what a bag of shit you were. Are. Well, here's the thing, be. though. This is the when people talk about, like, oh, yeah, people don't get really we- heat anymore, you know? There's also the thing where people, like we talked about in the Luthez episode, here is the heat. I'm a black man, and this is my white lady. We're in love. Get the fucking knife! But it's also like you also will hear the stories of like we used to get genuine heat. Like Arn Anderson talks about how um, one of the lessons he learned in his first year of wrestling was uh, don't change out of your ring gear right away and uh, calm down from the adrenaline and then make sure that you haven't been stabbed. (laughs) Because 
when the four horsemen were super hot and they'd go to like a a, sh- a fucking podunk town in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't ring ba- like look at the old footage of wrestling uh, matches. They're not behind guardrails. There was occasionally a string strewn across, so, so the audience knew that's how far you could sit up until. But that's all there was. There wasn't any way to stop these people from literally getting in the ring and fighting you. Yeah, have you ever watched old Abdullah the Butcher versus uh, Bruiser Brody matches in Puerto Rico? Or Abby versus uh, Carlos Colon? Where, like, it's a string and then just they actually have people from the army with machine guns. Yeah. And they're just, like, gun-butting people. They're like, whoa, Abdullah's really got the fork out here. (laughs) It's like... No, but the bigger story is there's a man like trying to climb over who doesn't care there's a guy with an M16 just trying to get in the ring to fucking kill this guy. In Puerto Rico, they used to sell rocks outside for you to throw at the wrestlers. I mean, that's really good. One of the contested uh, Ric Flair title changes, which might make him 17-time champion of the world, was that he went down and faced like a local hero that was portrayed as a Rocky character. He did one... Where he stole the finish, and they had to break the clock and like and and like smuggle Rick out of the country. He came back for a rematch, demanded they bring Roddy Piper with him because he needed backup. Roddy Piper grabbed the guy's leg, and the army at ringside pointed their guns at Roddy Piper, who then began waving the American flag while Ric Flair then just was like, "Pin me now, pin me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave him the belt, and then him and Roddy Piper had to escape the arena in a hospital, and Roddy Piper was paid in a spittoon filled with cocaine. now that's pro wrestling everybody but again going back to what you're saying is that type of heat was also crazy and not interesting the the best type of heat for me when you're looking at it is what happened with the attitude era in the height of stone cold versus mcmahon which was just playing just making the glass go and everyone's like fucking yes mate yeah but that's all the that's the whole funny thing that's the funny thing about uh i guess how you're you watch wrestling versus someone who grew up in the South where it's like, if you grew up in that Southern style of wrestling, like, no, real heat is the bad guy keeps winning, so you're so fucking pissed where you're like, well, if none of these fucking good guys can do it, old Dickie Fun's bringing a goddamn knife to this show, and I'm get it done myself because well, this Ric Flair guy cheeses my butthole. And that's exactly why Mula was the champion from fucking 56 until the 70s because she was, a base, she was basically that. She was basically sort of a... Portrayed as a Pasha rich lady. Yeah. Did a drop kick, pulled the hair, cheated, and just always stole the belt. And it just fucking... It's also weird that it doesn't... I kind of tried to figure this out, but she won the NWA Women's Championship and then bounced around with that and then just ended... She basically unified because women's wrestling by this point, it's past. This is the other thing that's unreported about Mula. If you're looking at the person who is the star when women's wrestling was at its height, it's Mildred Burke. So Mula kind of comes in afterwards. Why She's a female Triple H. She comes in afterwards and just holds that fucking title forever. And she's not like a like everyone's been told she's not a 28-year world champion. She basically uh she carried it through like periods of eight years and then someone would beat her for a week and a half and then she would get the belt back yeah because it seemed like she also did a lot to keep women's wrestling as a institution going mm. uh like she promoted and stuff which we'll get to i uh, we'll talk about that after the break because johnny thinks she's a good person dylan doesn't think so it's gonna be she definitely took care of a lot of people it's gonna be like out. crossfire Ugh. Uh, she took care of a lot. Mae Young and a bunch of other wrestlers and carny folk lived in her house until they all died. Yeah, she wasn't very good to her daughter, but what are you going to do? She also, like, she did protect Who gives a shit wrestling. about daughters? What? Who gives a shit about daughters? I do. 
I like to fuck them and I like when they leave. <laughs> Wait, you like to fuck your daughters? Yes. All right. Um, Anyone I've had sex with is my daughter. It's basically, I can't figure out exactly how this happened, but You're basically my daughter, if you do John. any sort of research in 83, when she's the NWA world's champion. She unifies all the titles though because no one cares. So she's just like, is that what give me the goddamn belt. Did she unify all the titles? Well, here's the lineage of it. Became the women's championship? Yeah, here's the, the lineage of it. Uh, in 56, she beats Judy Gamble for the vacant world women's title. Uh, was shared a lineage with the NWA championship. Okay. Billy Wolf was the promoter, though, who she don't like Billy Wolf. Billy Wolf don't like her. Um, and after the match, uh, Vince Sr. Uh, basically calls, starts calling her the fabulous moolah. That's when she gets her new gimmick. Uh, June Byers comes out of retirement to challenge for the title. Uh, so basically she Can gets... Can we also just quickly flag up that women's wrestling names in this era were the fucking best? Dot Dotson... Meredith Burke, Judy Gamble, <laughs> Judy Gamble. I can't imagine a lady named Judy being a threat. Yeah. Oh, she's hit her with the bingo card. She <laughs> hit her with the bingo card. <laughs> the fabulous Moolah versus a lady just trying to pick out a fresh radish. Yeah. The radish is down. Single mom Joanne. She drove <laughs> eight hours to make sure her son got to a concert, and now she's a little bit upset about the laundry's progress in the dryer. She's very tired. The Moolah's having a field day here with yeah. the single mom. Moolah just pulled her hair while the single mom is reaching into her purse to read at her son's uh, report card to gain more rage. <laughs> so basically the first one, the first big long one was uh, when she won the title in 56. Then it, uh, then she, her reign lasted for over ten years. Can we also just talk about? I do feel like there were periods of time in that reign where people just forgot who had the belt. A hundred percent, because this is June Byers comes back and then she beats June Byers a bunch of times. And one of the times she beats June Byers, she becomes recognized as the official NWA World Women's okay, that's Champion. What I could, got and that's when by. she wins the that, and she has the Women's Championship. So this is now. Now the women's title is unified, which is like very, very interesting in that you could only really do that in such a small mm-hmm. uh, field of wrestling because there was never ever a unified world's champion until, I guess, unfortunately, Chris Jericho. How much you want to bet that it wasn't so much a unifying of the belts and that they fr- she lost one of the belts? <laughs> Mula. In my pussy. <laughs> Mula, where's the go. belt? Oh. Oh, sweetie. Well, darling, I was talking with Mae Young, and she was drinking some of that wild turkey that she loves in the morning and eating cigarettes. And I said, <laughs> Mae, this isn't a time to get your pussy filled, but she was in a mood to get her pussy filled, so we ended up having sex with two ranch hands. I believe they were ranch hands. One of them was black, so you have to know he used his hands if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, we got off the uh, the Transcontinental Express. Starts in Pittsburgh, where we only got on in North Carolina. And I realized I was without my belt, but instead I was just wearing a snake around my waist. <laughs> <laughs> this is, but Moolah's very important, though. Obviously, I mean, she's the only women's wrestler you've heard of out in the, from this era. Yeah, I mean, if you looked up on and it, she kept looked- the spangly sweater business going for a good solid thirty years. She, her ring attire gradually morphed into something that a lady might just wear to a club. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to those clubs. I do. <laughs> I want to go all the time. Uh, she was the first woman to wrestle in Madison Square Garden, which had previously banned women's wrestling. And uh, she lobbied herself to get women's wrestling in Madison Square Garden. And this was in 1972. 1972. In 1971, they were like, women, wrestling. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keep. 
Oh, our city is essentially a uh, free market for heroin, but yeah. I will not have a woman play fight with another woman. Yeah, that is abysmal. They were, what, they were five years away from, no, four years away from literally the Bronx being on fire. Yeah. And the police force was so overrun with crime, they were just like, serial killer, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> but what we need to make sure is none of these fucking women yeah. are pretend fighting in our goddamn boxing arena. Here's what happens. That's where Patrick Ewing will play one day with his perfectly square head. And he <laughs> is not going to slip on the pussy juice that will stain <laughs> that floor. Here's what, I'm talk- here's what I'm saying. Two women fully clothed in a ring pretending to fight? No. Naked women tricked into sex by mafia guys on film. Now that's, now that's entertainment. Yeah. I want to see York. the froth at their mouth because they're, uh, they need the heroin so much. So uh, this is when Moolah's reign comes to an end. It's an 18-year reign. She loses to Sue Green. Oh, fuck no, yeah. That's a single goddamn mom name. Oh. And then basically, this is the best part of Sue Opatos. won the belt, still had time to make lunch for her kids. <laughs> I gotta make all these sandwiches. Yeah. Keep the tomato separate or it'll soak through the bread. <laughs> so uh, she, and she wins it back from Sue. And then what do you do if you're a true champion? She just fucking bought the rights to the title. <laughs> so she was like, wait a minute. Most of my reign has just been wrestling nobody or Mae Young. Yeah. Let's just buy this fucking title. Uh, so Mae would have bought it, but she was too busy using her money to buy more different spangly things to put on top of her bras. So this is when uh, Fabulous Mueller really comes into the mainstream. Literally, she's been toiling in almost, not anonymity, but like really, this is an un. She's reported part of her career, well, like from the fifties to through the seventies. She's basically just she somehow was at the bottom rung of the most bottom rung of show business, which was professional wrestling. Then, so she's a champion in her fifties in the seventies. She's born in twenty three. Yeah, like she's so like fuck me, is she an old lady? Once you because I remember her rock and wrestling connection. She was a big part of the WrestleMania card. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. The Black Widow thing. Yeah, it's really weird that it was like. Yeah, the rock and wrestling was uh, Lalani Kai, Fabulous Moolah, Wendy Richter, Wendy Richter, Jumping Bomb Angels. So yeah. like, and just just fucking senior citizens. Can I just say this? Calling the Japanese tag team the Jumping Bomb Angels very insensitive. Really, I thought it was a great name. Think about it. Yeah, kamikazes, but whatever. They're not people. I was John thinking about the nuclear people. bomb that jumped out of an airplane, and now they're two angels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Here's what I was thinking. I was thinking they they're jumping and they like power bombs, John. I'm just more innocent than you. So basically, Moolah sells the rights to her women's championship to Vince Jr. because why not? Yeah, of course. Vince Jr. was literally buying everything to do with wrestling at this time. I I would have just sold him my boots and be like, "Well, oh, this is Dylan got boots." Yep. You want some jobber boots? He actually technically owns Tully Blanchard's nose. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cocaine going through that nose, Tully. I need to own it. So uh, she, she becomes the first WWF Women's Champion, and then uh, this starts the Cindy Lauper uh, feud where she is cap- uh, she is wrapped by Captain Lou Albano, and Wendy Richter is wrapped by uh, Cindy Lauper. They have a match. Uh, obviously, Wendy Richter wins via moving still. Uh, yeah, <laughs> being able to move. She r- wins by being able to withstand her hair being pulled for a bit and a drop kick. Wouldn't it be weird to watch that match on MTV being our age and be like, yeah, I mean, the young, la- 
why is this old well, woman the, why is everyone mad at the old lady the like, thing you have to remember especially in when it was framed in new york in the early 80s which is when it really hit prominence is that that town was like on fire it was it was what detroit is now okay it there was nothing there yeah really to speak of cultural significance there was broadcasting hubs and stuff like that but those people would get in cars and immediately go to the suburbs the one big sort of still cultural important person there was andy warhol and andy warhol got behind pro wrestling big thinking it was a postmodern art expression so like all of those things you can find all these interviews on youtube and he wrote, wrote about it a lot about it being this ridiculous, crazy spectacle, which is where I think Vince McMahon got the like the genesis of the idea of like colorful, weird characters and all that bizarreness is because he's kind of a fucking idiot and didn't understand what Andy Warhol was talking about. <laughs> and Andy Warhol was writing about it in the New York Times, and then that just it just went on MTV, and MTV also just needed content, and it got a good enough of a rating because everyone in America had grown up somewhat with wrestling, especially if you were on the East Coast, but you're in the center states. Or you're in the South, and then this one thing, which is cable, has wrestling. Because at the time, remember, all those territories are being shut down by this powerhouse. So if you were in a small town and your one friend had cable and had MTV, you're like, holy shit, we can finally watch wrestling again. We can't go to the armory. And then so whatever he was presented was just sort of like, oh, that's all right. But it's also why the NWA gained ground again, because a lot of those people that watched that didn't like it and that's the same time tbs started coming to prominence and then they'd go and watch that because that was more that was a closer product to what they'd all been used to in their rural areas so like fabulous mula and randy richter probably had something to do with people changing the channel because they're like this isn't the women's wrestling we want to see this old woman versus this fucking young lady and vince recognized that because pretty fucking quickly he just was like ah mula actually you're going to be the manager of leilani kai who and I watched the Leilani Kai Mula match. Fucking Leilani Kai's got fucking moves, buddy. Well, yeah, she was good. She was good in the match against Alundra Blaze. We did an earlier Alundra Blaze yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. She wrestles Alundra Blaze at like at SummerSlam Re- at WrestleMania ten. She wrestles yeah, her so. ten years after the original WrestleMania and is still fucking good. Looks like just uh, just a garbage bag full of doorknobs, though. Oh my, not a yeah. She looks like a melted candle, but whatever. She's again. I'm not looking for. Fun. I don't understand the whole thing when they're like, "You want women wrestlers? You want to fuck?" I'm like, no. I want them to be really fucking good wrestlers, and I don't care. No, you need. It's the exact same thing as male wrestlers. You need one that you want to fuck, and then you need a bunch that highlight how much you want to bang that one. To make it to make an analogy that I'm sure every woman listening is okay with. Totally in agreement with. No, but like you understand, like that's why this is the way you set up like a, a stable of wrestlers. You have one Roman Reigns. If you want a male wrestler, you have one guy who's like, oh, he's like, he's so supple, I want to bang his face. And then you have a bunch of uh, Kevin Owens or like just different body types. You basically just, you need different body types. Absolutely. And one of the problems. You can have a guy named Steve. You can have, you can have a guy named Steve, uh, Steve Duncan. And then a guy named Rick Duncan Teen. Uh, if they look different enough, then the, they don't need like these crazy characters. I was gonna say Rick Duncan, my pussy. <laughs> ding 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 ding! I win. But let's get to the original screw job, was what they call it. Because uh, Wendy Richter, there's many uh, many different fields of fields of thought, books of thought, dogs of thought, 
radios of thought on this. Uh, but Randy Richter claims that she had an existing contract. She just didn't think she was being paid enough. Um, there is claims out there that her contract was coming uh, to an end. There's also and she hadn't signed a new one. There's also talk that it was also one of those things where she also was getting money from other means because she was like appearing at like Cindy Lauper concerts and not sharing that money with Vince. And he was like, "That's not appropriate." Yeah, fuck yeah, her. Yeah. But that does make sense though, because the only reason you're in that goddamn shit with Cindy Lauper. Completely, but still kind of fucking ridiculous. Hey, man, your agent gets you the gig. You still give him 20% BB. Or in Vince's case, I'm assuming 80%. 80%. And an actual blowjob. (laughs) An actual blowjob. And, uh, oh, you're starting to like it. I hate that. (laughs) Get the fear back in your eyes. I want want you to be scared. This is young, virile Vince McMahon. This is Vince McMahon. Just full of nut. Just full of cum. This is mid-30s. Oh, who wants to suck this fucking <laughs> This is doing cocaine, saying you can't get addicted to cocaine, cheating on Linda McMahon openly. 100%. Wasn't in his house for 300 days, according to one of Hulk Hogan's books. Wasn't in his house. They, oh, did, a, they did a tour after WrestleMania that everyone involved, like a bunch of people left as a result of it. It ended. They started to like... A road loop around the states that started roughly right after WrestleMania one, okay, and ended about two months after WrestleMania two. Jesus fucking Christ! They just did not stop ever because Hulk Hogan was so like you have to think like Hulk Hogan was cooling off after WrestleMania two, which is why they had to do the Andre angle. Yeah, but he was so big that they were literally like, and in this corner facing Hulk Hogan, nothing, and then ah ah. Yeah, well, they had two tours, right? Because like a show and a B show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would do both shows. He would wrestle in the that's insane. Wrestle in the middle of the first one. Yeah. Get on a plane, land, and go and close the second one. That's a lot of leg drops. You can really see why Hulk Hogan can't move. But it's a lot of leg drops. It's also why they had an amazing mid card. Yeah. An amazing tag team division at the time. Uh, tag team division really dropped off quickly. But it's because they had to have so many tag teams because you'd have to have a tag team championship match to close one show and an intercontinental match to close the other show. Yeah. Well, that's uh, actually we'll get to the we'll get to the screw job after the break then because uh, I just want to say this: it's really weird watching those old WWF shows. How like Hulk Hogan will, like you say, some of the pay per views, Hulk Hogan versus like King Kong Bundy is the second last match, and they're like. And now, the Killer Bees versus the Junkyard mm. Dog and, you know, sweet Daddy Seeky. Or, <laughs> Just like, like, or like Andre, because Andre was a thing. Is Andre you can only put in certain places because Andre would only do, like he had to be a certain place on the card. Because the other thing is Andre was also the road agent. Wow. So, also, by the way, why the fuck are you, like, this is when you're like, Vince man, you're not a good businessman. When you're, ooh, ah, I hurt, hurt my hand on this hot take. All right. <laughs> But the thing is, you can't put a man who's notorious for drinking 116 beers in a night in charge of all your wrestlers. Time-wise, the most you could drink is 50 at that point, though. So That's just true. make sure he gets up at 5 p.m. and he's like, oh, he's only 50 beers in. <laughs> and then you divide it by 10. That's how many beers he's working off for a regular person. If I had five beers, I could still do a good job at something. Apparently, also, Andre had very difficult, great difficulty finding a shower he could fit in. So oh, on really? those big tours, you could usually f- know when he was showing up by the smell a good minute beforehand. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. 
Oh, Andre the Giant. This is also, by the way, why I love Terry Funk, because everyone talks about Andre with such reverence, and Terry Funk's like, he was a bit of an asshole. Didn't really like him. <laughs> well, that's because... And we talk about how he couldn't sell, which I'm just like, only Terry Funk done. Doesn't know how to sell. Doesn't know how to sell. Also, couldn't move and died really shortly after yeah. I worked with him. But uh, Andre is like Fabulous Moolah in that they are more so, and Andre does by dying. So uh, that sounds horrible. And and Moolah did it because she literally had no other options. She was tied in with this company since the fucking 60s. But they're both Mount Rushmore of WWE and always will be yeah. because they just never were away from the McMahon promotional machine. Absolutely They not. never, ever were. Like, Moolah never went to TNA. Like, if Moolah literally had come along 10 years later, she might have gone to TNA and done, like, my pussy's full of Bobby Roode's come now. She, and then, no, she wouldn't count. would have done that. Oh, absolutely. look at all this Vin- a Vince Russo angle. Like, we think a jug come. How about a jugger come? Is that a good one? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Is a good Vince Russo? That's How a, about you guys drink a jugger my cum? <laughs> yeah. And I'd come on Spike TV. I've been Is this the, a really good one? I've been that's in good. the back thinking about it. And the heavyweight championship tonight will be decided in a my cum on a pole <laughs> match. When you guys shit, it, I shake a shit and you're my toilet. Mm. That's what the women's title should be. Drinking my real shit. By the way, everybody. I, I am Vince Russo. I recently uh, reread the, uh, the brought out a 10-year anniversary of the death of WCW, and at the back of it, they go through every angle in uh, TNA that was oh a bad God. idea. Yeah. It's insane. Well, there's that TNApedia. Hello. What this is Dylan God. That's like and every John Hastings. And sorry they just like basically are like. And John Hastings. And from talking about wrestling. But right now we need to ask you to rate. <laughs> it's terrifying. Guys, subscribe. They hired review. Eric Watts. The Wrestler Review. On iTunes. It really helps us out. We, we do this podcast for free. All right. We have, we've been so lazy uh, we haven't even set up one of those we'll PayPal things. Coming no, up after the break. Original Screwjob. have integrity. And no money. And no money. And no money. No money. But what we do have. Is, and uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. So fabulous Email us at wrestlerreview.gmail.com. Like us on Twitter. The Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. We're back. For We're break. back. We're out louder than a heart attack. Ooh. All right. So this is Original the- Screwjob. Let's just quickly break this down. Yes. Madison Square Garden in November of 85. Are you ready? Uh, down to the ma- the spider versus uh, versus uh, Wendy Richter fast count within two seconds. Moolah takes off her mask, reveals herself to have been the fucking spider. No one really knows why Wendy Richter got fucked over this way. It's also weird because Wendy Richter came back. She's in the Hall of Fame because they needed someone during those dark times in the late two thousands when they were like. All right, it's either going to be Kamala's leg or we say sorry to Wendy Richter. All right, say sorry to Wendy Richter. Like, <laughs> well, that's the that's the funny thing though. I because I had always heard about this that Wendy uh, Wendy Richter basically Mula came in, and started shooting on her, and beat the shit out of her. Mm. But then it seems like the actual story was uh, that Mula got a one count and they just called it a pin. Yeah, it, it does depend. If you watch the match, it's really fast. There's no sort of like beat down or anything like that. Yeah, because what I had heard was like Mula comes in the ring, like basically f- like 
actually can amateur wrestle, forearm washes are a bunch, Wendy Richter can't do shit. But it's actually, yeah, exactly like you said. Like, oh, oh, you got a headlock takeover, one, two, three. That's basically what And then was. run out. Yeah. Took, took over. Wendy Richter then left the building in her gear and apparently booked a flight and never spoke to Moolah again. Well, and Moolah had trained Wendy Richter, which is the other thing, because Moolah trained wrestlers. And then uh, in the 90s, uh, she's like, oh, I guess we should go. Like, She was the champion then again until 87 when she lost the title to Sherry Martel. In the 90s, uh, she did, you know a bit of stuff like she would come out like she would get she went in the hall of fame um she she was always around as like a legend of wrestling at that time and this is also very important in 1988 to win the championship in the awa very briefly yeah yeah and uh but this is very important because this is what i was talking about why she's on the mount rushmore thing she sticks with vince during the i have no money era like from ninety to ninety eight, or you could say ninety three to ninety seven, basically, she's there as like, here's another legend we can trot out here. Does it like just more another name? She would show up that type mm-hmm. of thing, and didn't really want anything from Vince. Uh, basically, semi retired at this point, uh, which leads to uh her during the Attitude Era of I might be old, but my pussy still get wet, John. She basically uh comes back. What was her first on-screen angle uh, back as a regular performer on WWF television, John? I don't know what it was. Getting blasted in the fucking face with a guitar by Jeff Jarrett. Because that chick got a pussy that won't quit, goddamn. Oh, fuck that, because that was the beginning 76 of... years old. That was the beginning of the Jeff Jarrett, I don't like women. Women belong in the kitchen or beaten up by me. Because I got confused by that sort of thing because she was always floating around. Yeah, she came back with that. That was the angle with her and Mae Young. That led to them being these weird sex comic relief things in the WWF during the fucking um, Attitude Era. And it was awesome. Well, that was the best thing. about Moolah would always be like, oh, I kind of like you. And then Mae Young would be like, fuck my ass. <laughs> and again, this is the time period where Fabulous Moolah, part of the reason she's working is she's supporting all these carnies that are living in her house in North Carolina, including really? Mae Young. Wow. Um, and I think it's a really, and this is, by the way, a time when comedy and wrestling worked because it was a balance of two women that aren't wrestlers. Like they were wrestlers, so they're very much part of the product who have moved on to a part now where they're just sort of trotted out and are funny for five minutes. It's not like now when it's not like now when they try and do comedic characters. It's like Fandango was good, but Fandango, there's no place to go with it because his career is just started. You need to use legends, and that can be where your comic relief comes from because you know they're never going to get in the ring because they're fucking brittle old women. But do they get in the ring, John? Because they do. Because in 1999, Listen. Fabulous Moolah won the women's title from Ivory. Okay, yeah, they do get in the ring a fair amount. They also from Ivory. I also May Young or Fabulous Moolah gets power bombed off the fucking Titantron stage by the Dudley Boys. Uh, that was May Young. The Dudley Boys power bomb May Young daily. Here's the best <laughs> thing. Here's the best thing about that though. You said like, oh, she worked in the. She took care of all these carnies. That's why May Young. So Fabulous Moolah was like, hey May, I got a job for you. I want to stand there and I have a really nice Southern accent and I'll talk. You are <laughs> fucked by every wrestler in storyline, and when it comes time, you get punched in the face. A lot. Uh, and you can't, like, move worse than my Nana did at the time. Like, just such a brittle old woman. And also, Mae Young outlived Fabulous Moolah by a bunch of years. And the other thing about Mae Young is, <laughs> if you watch when uh, Bubba Ray powerbomb Trish Stratus, there's this powerbomb he does. Basically, he holds Trish Stratus and takes the bump 
on his ass. He takes the bump on his ass and then kind of like, like Trish gets a bit of a whiplash effect, but essentially she just brings pl- her he down. places her down. Yeah. Whereas May Young should be like, lay it in, you <laughs> faggot. Like, That's the thing is, I was watching it. Oh, he fucking. <laughs> he's just like, do you want? Like, I would love to. They are fuck, clear- I really should have listened to the shoot interview with Bubba Ray Dudley, though. Like, May Young wanted me to kill her. Like, she <laughs> wanted to die in the ring. <laughs> but it's just insane because they wrestled in 2000 and they wrestled on. Uh, Fabulous Moolah's 80th birthday. They did a tag match all dressed as schoolgirls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, what the fuck are you doing? Because Vince McMahon thinks old chicks being sexual is be, the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. Be honest, I have a feeling he was against it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they want to fuck. That's ridiculous. <laughs> they, can, they can't fuck. They're women and they're old. Do you think That's that bad. Vince McMahon knows that they're dead or he just thinks that They've just been fucked so hard they can't be seen. <laughs> what was that? That was the fuck ghost of Fabulous Moolah. <sighs> a year before her death, she took an RKO from Randy Orton. <laughs> like, that's how down these women were. Like, just still going. <laughs> and also, but it needs to be made clear, still terrible in the ring. And nothing to do with how old she was. She just wasn't good at putting her body places. Yeah, but... By the same token, you're looking at 50s wrestling and judging it with, you know? I mean, you can totally see... But Luz Thez could fucking do a dropkick. Fabulous Mula, whose move was they a dropkick. They still kick. did this dropkick, but they still did it. They all did this dropkick where it was one foot, two foot. They never did both foot feet at the same time. That's the thing about the 50s wrestling. They would do one foot, two foot dropkicks. Or they would just do one foot, and the other foot would just be... Flail. There. Yeah. And that's just how shit was. Was it? Yeah. Also, well, one of your finishing moves is a schoolboy. Get out of here. I, th- I like the school. I just like what the schoolboy is called. Schoolboy. School it's kind of like the bulldog. I I'm love the bulldog mostly because it's called the bulldog. I'm a, I'm a boy. I'm, I'm a, a boy, boy with school. If and I was, if I was my finishing, and moves. I'm being fondled by this woman with who's wearing a belt with her face on it. <laughs> that was that's one of the more fun parts about the new WWE games is, uh, you can. Just by making something your finishing move, it has finishing move power. Yeah. So, like, my setup moves would be the pedigree, but my finishing move would be pushing a guy over. (laughs) (laughs) He pushed him over. And the way they have the push him over thing, like, the guy kind of is on his feet for a second, then he slowly falls down. And uh, then you're like, he got pushed. (laughs) Too bad he got pushed through the sail. My God, he pushed him over. Here's Um, the one thing I am shocked that they haven't done. By the way, what was a May Young getting thrown off a hell in a cell by the Undertaker? <laughs> 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 she's in no mercy. We could just do that. <laughs> yeah, we could just we could just power bomb. We could super power bomb May Young. But again, let's talk about how why you <laughs> why you think Fabulous Moolah is a terrible person. Triple H with a right hand. Moolah with a right <laughs> hand. Triple H stabbed her in the throat. <laughs> but again, Moolah wants more stabbing. Moolah of all of the most old school. Amazing also throughout the 80s, it's also not talked about, is that even when she wasn't wrestling, she'd still dip her toe in like she was the queen of wrestling next to Harley Race. There was also this great plot line that was always ran through the whole thing of that her and Bobby the Brain Heenan were fucking. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would, she would always stop by the broadcast position and give him a kiss. <laughs> kiss on the cheek and it's something it's very subtle just watching the matches of like I think you tried to imply that he's fucking the fabulous moolah that's great though that's that's the that's the stuff they did in the early 90s that was like the that added so much to the match like Bobby the Brain Heenan added like he's fucking fabulous moolah there's 
one I wonder what Ric Flair is doing right now. Shawn Michaels has left the building. Shawn like, Michaels all that shit. But again, that was the best thing about like I still I would have just imagine a pay per view that was called by just Jim Ross and the Attitude Era and early nineties Bobby Heenan. It would have been spectacular. Or they would have fucking hated each other. You never know. I mean, well, they did because Jim Ross the did dream not get team, al- the dream team stuff rarely works out. I think he just just Jr. Heyman and Jim Ross. It sucks that Heyman and Jim Ross were so fucking good together, but they didn't really get to like. There was a good six months where they were like, "This is fucking great wrestling." Like everything was great. But Heyman and Jim Ross were great because. And Jim Ross talks about it. He goes, I had better chemistry with the king, but it was more interesting with Heyman because he goes, Heyman as a person I like, but he genuinely annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. And that would come out because he would interrupt yeah. all that sort of stuff. But he's like, but it worked. It built. That was the only part of the invasion angle that truly worked is that Jim Ross fucking hated Paul Heyman. <laughs> and I will watch this clip sometimes because I find it so funny, which is when Paul Heyman's fired at the end of the Attitude Era and they're bringing back Jerry Lawler and he goes to fight Vince and then runs to f- go punch JR and he jumps on the table and then JR just gets up and goes, Take that, you son of a bitch! Because <laughs> 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 JR really does look like a baby in a cowboy hat. <laughs> he really looks like a giant baby covered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> um, all right, so here I want to get to one thing before I say Fabulous Moo is a bad person. Uh, Son of a bitch! Fabulous Moolah claims to have dated Elvis Presley, <laughs> Hank Williams two weeks before his death. We were doing well, but his heroin use was frankly a turnoff. <laughs> and Jerry Lee Lewis. I believe none of that. Here's why. Elvis Presley, he was not into ladies of Moolah's age or gross body. Hank Williams, possibly, but... Definitely. Gross body. Don't body shame fabulous. I'm not body movie. shaming her, but she. That's ha- literally what body shaming is. Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No, I have a. I am a. I am a plus sized man, and I am here to stand up for body positivity, John. I'd ride you. Here's the. I just find fabulous Mula just to be a liar. For sure she is. That's what I was going to say. Like, for sure. If I were not a biography, I'd claim, like, and that's when I fucked Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> She keeps calling me, and then I just have like a bunch of. Te- I'd, oh, switch, yeah. I'd switch someone's name on my phone to be Rihanna and be like, "Ugh." Two thousand and nine. That's when I convinced Chris Brown to tell everyone that he beat up Rihanna because that's what happens to ladies' faces after they get fucked by me consensually. <laughs> I feel really bad about that joke. She <laughs> asked to really? be punched. <laughs> Shit, bitch, ask for that shit. Good. Glad, glad you made my joke, which was I fuck ladies so well they, <laughs> they look. <pretty laughs> <good>. <laughs> You just covered it by saying she deserved to be punched. A punch? That was one cock slap. Yeah, 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 yeah. My cock's a fist. I really hope that one of us becomes successful and then these podcasts are played on TV. We will never be successful. And they're just like, well, not only will Dylan God not be hosting The Tonight Show, there is no more Tonight Show after this decision. <laughs> no, the best thing is we have a mutual friend, Graham K, and I used to do a podcast called The Sport Bras, which was... <laughs> On radio, on the radio yeah. in Canada, and uh, he thought that you it was still appropriate to call mentally handicapped people mongoloids. And what started out as an episode, what started out as an episode of uh, which athletes we could beat up, uh, quickly became where the fuck were you? Where were you raised? Who are your parents? Why do you think this way? Mongoloid. Listen. People who say retarded think people who say mongoloid are fucking monsters. This is the same guy, by the way, that... And I, I'm going to break it down. I'm not going to go into the nuance of his point. Break it down. But it was basically this. 
Well, the problem you're having with this girl in your life is that she's a woman and they're not as smart as men are. But that's true. <laughs> it's funny that a man, because he hates wrestling, and it's funny a man that hates wrestling would share so many of its values. Well, the thing is, is that he... Well, he's a black man. He's a savage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. He's Italian. He's scared. And he likes pasta. <laughs> I don't know so, what you're talking about. Oh, my God. We were once at a comedy festival. He's a Mexican. He flips all the time. Was there was a guest of his girlfriend, and Graham found this out and started laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's embarrassing. Are you embarrassed? Basically, this man, the, his girlfriend was performing at the comedy festival, and this man had her guest pass and yeah. came as her guest because he did the festival a year before and laughed in her face and was like, that's embarrassing. You're beneath a woman. Yeah. That's great. Um, a lot of people were beneath the woman. Segways. Uh, basically, what we're talking about during the Buddy Rhodes, after she uh, decided, I don't want to fuck Buddy Rogers. I don't want to be forced to fuck these people. Um, she, uh, Mula started uh, started girl wrestling enterprises and uh, started training female wrestlers. She started WWE or Gwee. And she even trained men, including Del Wilkes. But basically, uh, after the Wendy, after she fucked over Wendy Richter, it all came out that she, because the way she presented herself is like I train female wrestlers. Uh, I want to keep women's wrestling in the public eye. But uh, essentially, what she was doing uh, is claimed is that she was taking, and this is kind of par for the course now if you listen to a lot of shit. But she was taking twenty-five to thirty percent of all your live bookings in perpetuity. Good for her. By training, and she would have graduates tra actually train you, and she would just kind of show up and smoke along cigarettes. Like Lilani Kai. Um, so there was some... And she was basically... Uh, she basically did the exact same thing that Billy Wolf uh, told her to do, which was like, if, um, if you want to get some shows, you're going to have to suck some dicks. Some dicks. And uh, so there, there, I'll throw some names out there and some of the allegations. Uh, Luna Vachon said that she, <laughs> or like when when Luna Vachon was like sixteen, she uh, fabulous Mula organized her a photo shoot in a bikini with an older man who then tried to feel her jugs. No, not yeah. that's risky because if she tells any of her uncles or father, you're dealing with yeah, just eye pop out the butcher name? or mad dog. You're dealing with. The butcher of Vachon, who, by the way, we used was having his son being traded as a wrestler just so that someone would break his leg because he didn't like him, and also a man that opened the door of an airplane while it was flying, and uh, they were basically, and also people were, like people who took the camp were also required to rent apartments on her on Mula's property Good. and pay Mula extra money, so be, that way. Um, she deducted tr uh, travel uh, expenses, food, rent, and utilities before paying anybody. Uh, so this is basically she's taking thirty percent and deducting everything off of it. So she's taking more than thirty percent. Uh, if you eat like a sandwich, she charges you like five bucks. Yeah, but also, by the way, I'm good not to defend her, but they all did this. Vern Gagne collected half of all of his wrestlers that he trained for the first five years. Yeah. Um, except for Ric Flair refused to do it, all that sort of stuff. It's a horrible thing to hear, and it's very bad. But unfortunately, like 
it is wrestling in the same way that we've been fucked by comedy promoters in the first 10 years of our career unmercifully mm. and you just learn how to do that and it's a much less like that now in all of these sort of systems and they become much more corporatized thank fuck for that but it was just a risk of it and she was just doing it the way that she was trained i'm not defending it i'm just saying that's the flip side argument of it no i understand and uh she told the women to be goddamn women they gotta dress like ladies they can't really date uh, a lot of them, like there was one uh, girl who was a lesbian, uh, Sandy Parker, uh, who was basically Fabulous Moolah, threatened to exile her from the wrestling industry if she was ever seen with a woman in public. And Sandy Parker's retort was basically like, Moolah get down with women too, because that was another uh, thing that was basically, this a reoccurring thing is the Fabulous Moolah fucked all her pupils. Yeah, she fucked. She scissor me timbers. She scissored Luna. Schoolgirl. <laughs> I got a schoolgirl and I eat your pussy Here's while it happens. What I'm gonna say about the fabulous Moolahs we're coming. Schoolgirl into pussy. Um, it's a very interesting character and a very smart businesswoman. I'll say I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. A horrendous wrestler. As yeah. it turns out, a very bad businesswoman to other people, but to herself, really looked out to herself. Made a very viable product and also carved out an interesting niche for herself and did something that a lot of wrestlers don't do anymore, which was they stay themselves in a way but continually reinvent their reinvent their character so that they're still somewhat important to what's going on. Do you understand? Yeah. And that's rarer and rarer these days. Like But this is we just we just did a better part of an hour on who was someone who was in wrestling for more than fifty years? Yeah, for almost sixty years. Yeah, sixty. So the only, reason, the only reason she's not in wrestling now is she's dead. <laughs> Can you believe the fabulous Moolah has been dead for nine years? By the way, isn't that insane? That was another thing that struck me. She died in two thousand seven as a, of a heart attack. That's nine nine years ago. Feels like just yesterday. I was watching her. She's been dead for nine years. Yeah, two thousand seven, baby. Randy Orton RKO'd her out of this world. Holy fuck. She no longer hear voices in her head. They don't talk to her. They don't understand. May I say this, though? Do you think Vince McMahon fucked Moolah or Mae Young? No. No, but I think Shane did. <laughs> Shane, you gotta learn. <laughs> you gotta learn what pussy is. That's Moolah talking. I like it. Um, what's your best thing about Fabulous Moolah? Ability to reinvent herself, absolutely. Ability to reinvent herself, absolutely. Fuck you. That was oh, me shitting on your Oh, you just dumped your water. John just dumped his water. So, yeah, uh, adaptability, that type of thing. I will say, best thing about Fabulous Moolah is her business sense. She does a thing where uh, I can identify with this a lot as a, a comedian. It seems all like all these clams are fucking yakking about the shit Moolah did to her, but she's doing stuff that... I mean, we're both we're both from Canada, and it's a small comedy scene there. Basically, there's two types of people in Canada. There's people who complain uh, about not having enough work, and where's all this work? And there's people like Fabulous Moolah, who they make the she made her own promotion. Uh, she started training people. She yeah. started stealing from those people, and that's what you do. You uh, you like okay, there's no work. I'm gonna make my own work. I'm gonna make my own gigs, and then I'm gonna steal from those people and rape them. Yeah, and that's the type of person Fabulous <laughs> Moolah is. The last two things being the most important things to learn if you're a comedian: <laughs> steal, then rape. 
That's Dylan Gott. If you want to email Dylan, it's at Dylan, Dylan Gott on Twitter. Dylan, Dylan A. Gott. Com. Dylan Gott is taken because I forgot to redo it. Dylan A. Gott at gmail.com. The for A <laughs> stands for ass rape. Isn't it Atherton? I want your ass. What is your middle name? Adlington. <laughs> oh, gross. Adlington. Dylan Adlington God. All right. Worst thing about Fabulous Moolah. I assume yours is going <laughs> I just really want to say that. I assume yours is going to be all the accusations of theft and rape. Yes. Yeah, the worst thing is that she's a rapist. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I mean the uh it is I I cuz I did not come upon I just really focused on the here's, ra- wrestling here's what I like. and didn't discover the whole rape thing. Here's but what I like about you. Bumming me the fuck out. Well, here's the thing I like what you did. If we were d- reviewing Bill Cosby, you essentially just wrote off the rape part. Yeah, I mean, but he had good jokes, so I didn't write that off. I'm you only like, coming to grips. Listen, now. a lot. Vern Gagne did this. Vern Gagne did this. <laughs> Luthez did this. <laughs> I mean, here's this is rape is a like part up. of wrestling. First of all, first of all, um, was she a rapist? Yes. Was she a good wrestler? No. And sometimes all you need is that will to succeed. Here's the thing: in forcing a woman to do a sexual act. For a meager amount of money. Here's what we've all learned about wrestling today. If you are a long-standing legend in Vince McMahon's world wrestling entertainment universe, you forced a you forced a woman to fuck you. Yep. Let's go through the list. Andre the Giant, definitely. Billy Graham, unsubstantiated claims. Pat Patterson, multiple lawsuits about men just being shown their dick, including Roddy Piper implying that. Pat Patterson tried to fuck him for like 10 years. Steve Lombardi was fucked by Pat Patterson all the time and was his fuck toy. Yeah, but all right. Fabulous moolah. Why is it bad that a man tried... I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm so excited to hear what you're about to say. All right. Steve Lombardi, if he's not gay, then then that sucks. That he thought he had to have sex with Pat Patterson to have a job. But as far as Piper complaining about... I mean, R.I.P., but Farce complaining about a guy trying to... F- like, who cares? Yeah, but you don't want to... Like, you're fucking Roddy Piper. You're an orphan. Your family won't talk to you because you kissed a native woman. And now for 10 years, this bleach-blonde French-Canadian is just like, Roddy, my dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's all awful. I'd be like, well, thank you, sir. And that's the problem with then reviewing old-timey wrestling because it's always that first layer. Like, ah, oh, a wrestling legend. Second layer. Rapist. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck. Oh, Carney rapist for sure. Yeah. Like, not only did not only did uh, not only did Buddy Rogers be one of the greatest in the ring, he also invented methamphetamines and spread it throughout Albuquerque, like, leading to Albuquerque like now if you, being. If you don't believe this theory, look at Ric Flair, whose sheer refusal to die appropriately young mm-hmm. has caused his career to go from like. That man, greatest of all time, to like, oh God, the sex criminal's on TV again. Now yeah. he's implying he wants to fuck his daughter. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. You you always live either a you stay in something long enough to be the villain, or the other thing is they just don't retire like athletes retire. Oh really? Did you watch The Dark Knight recently? And that's where you came. Your got your point. No, no, I never watched that. <laughs> that's about a superhero. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> I would never watch a boy dress up as a he's man. A man. Or he's whatever. a fucking man. Ooh, he's a man. What's the worst thing about Fabulous Moolah, John? She's a rapist. She's a rapist. That's no, not the wrestling. 
because you were going towards the wrestling. You can't steal mine. You have to say the wrestling and <laughs> seem like you don't care about the rape. I very much care about the rape. Okay. But she was also a very bad wrestler. She was a bad wrestler. That's the worst thing about her, according to John. Rape, <laughs> Fuck you. rape Fuck isn't bad. You. Rape is if bad. you bring it on stage, I don't care who's crying because of you. I need you to... If you uh you what the worst thing about Chris Benoit was for me it would be child murder. <laughs> John John promo ability. That's what the worst thing about Chris Benoit yes, would be. Because also if he could cut a better promo, maybe it could have communicated with his wife that he was in physical pain and he wouldn't have had to murder her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, woman, I uh I lost where I was again. You're not good at promos, Chris. <laughs> One of these days, <laughs> you're not tapping. I sta- uh, I stand by that. All right, well, that was the fabulous Moolah, so R.I.P. Fabulous I'm Moolah. so bummed out about the rape it's thing. It's been nine years, and Wendy Richter's stretched the fuck out because he... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I like how Dylan tries to paint me as the villain, and literally his last thing he said is, hey, Wendy Richter stretched out from fu- force being force-fucked by I edit this. I edit this. No, you don't. It's going to be five minutes. <laughs> if you take out me referencing all the bad things, it's five minutes. <laughs> Um. So basically, that was the fabulous Moolah. Next week, we will be doing. Who are we? Doing? Oh, you're dealing with the X Factor. Oh, good, another rapist. <laughs> can I just say this quickly? X Pac is not a rapist. You can see it in his eyes. He's a victim. Uh, oh, by the way, no. But X Pac was a cute. Have you not heard? Next week, we'll talk about it. Okay. But let me give you a little tease. Just YouTube this right now, just as a little a little appetite for next week, which is China accusing uh, Sean Waltman of sexual assault and him phoning in and being like, no, and just like proving it like based on facts and dates and times and like contradictions in her statements. And she's like, um, all right, well, I see your point there, actually. And it, it unravels so spectacularly. That's great. It is. Also... When you said um, it started. I was like, "Holy shit!" John has a great China impression. And then as you started talking, um, I was like, "Oh, that sucked." Um, you dealing with the X Factor next week on yeah. the Wrestler Review? Thank X-Bot! you very much. <laughs> Here's what we could find for a fabulous Moolah promo right now. I rate people. Uh, a lady that has had such a tremendous career in this great sport of professional wrestling. I think the proof being the fact that she has held. The World Wrestling Federation's ladies' title belt for 27 years. Of course, I am talking about the fabulous Mula. For 27 years, that reign came to an end recently no, in Madison Square No, it did Square not Gun. come to an end. That's your version. That's Wendy Richter's version. But I had her pinned. I had the pinning hold. I had her pinned on the mat. And with some stupid fault of the stupid referee and that Cindy Lauper oh, and this sour grapes, skinny dummy. Maroney. There's no sour grapes. I'm the champion and I'm going to prove to everybody when I walk out of the ring again that I am still the champion and I'm going to stay the champion. There's nobody been born can beat the fabulous Moolah yet. Well, that's positive liar, thinking. There's a liar on the wall. Windy, Windy, what's her name? Cindy Windy Rector, you're the biggest liar on the wall. But let me tell you this. I am so proud. And I feel so fine, and I feel so good, and I feel so elated. I feel, I'm keeping it low. I'm trying to keep it down. But I said Lou. Did you say Lou? I thought you said Boo. So I'm trying to keep it down. But I feel so proud to be a facade of the woman champion. I don't basically manage women wrestlers. But when I find someone that is so fine, 
so well-tuned, has wrestling balance, wrestling leverage, and is a legend in her own right. I said, Captain, you've got to be a part of this. I said, Captain, this is you, Captain. I said, this lady, and I refer to her as a lady, has to be in your, in your eye. You've got to be behind her. You've got to be with her. You've got to feel so elated, so fine, and so good, and so proud to be at the side of the one and only Fabulous Moolah. Woo, I'm happy.